everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Non-League podcast with me, John Phipps and Matt Gerrard, a man who apparently has already had too much Christmas. Um, I've been thinking, Matt, all week about your Christmas lights. How are they? Are they up and are they working? Brilliant. The elves came on Friday and put them up, so I'm quite proud of them and I'm thinking hopefully the fox, the foxes that live around won't eat them. They're, they're sort of, I try to take a picture, it doesn't really come out on the phone because I don't really know much about taking your flash off, but they're sort of green and red. There is more than one combination, but I haven't worked out how you get the combination on. But the, the decorations, the elves, aka my wife, if you do believe, I say to my kids that the elves put it up, but my wife does it. She did a brilliant job with the lights. Now we've got the extension, so it looks really good. And when the lights went out, I was like, like Father Christmas, like it was Christmas Eve when the lights were flashing on. So if I can change the colours, I'll be happy. So the decks are up, yep, and uh, the kids are already excited and I've really eaten my body weight in chocolate that people have brought into the office here so uh, all in all Merry Christmas and are your decorations up John in your new pad I presume you've got to do a lot of decorating in the various outside of rooms etc I think that the decorating is being done this afternoon uh, it's Tuesday afternoon we're, I'll explain shortly why we're talking to you on a Tuesday afternoon uh, but we'll be decking decking out the um, the dining area will be decked out this afternoon and then I think the uh, work will be done and our living quarters as well, possibly this evening. So we'll be ready. No Christmas crazy lights outside? Uh, no, we've just bought... Do you know what? I've just been shown a battery-operated polar bear uh, who is going right. to sit in the in the reception area. Um, so I may take a picture of him and tweet him out for everyone to see. Um, Does he do anything? Does he growl or just stop? No, he's just, he's got lights. He's got lights. He's, he's just, well, he's where, where do you stand on the Christmas? Well, no, it's a bit early. Say the fourth, whatever it is today. But where do you stand on these houses that go absolutely crazy? Because there's, there's a road in Dover that goes absolutely brilliant. I presume there's probably one in Eastbourne. Are you a fan of that? Because some of it is quite impressive. This Americanisation of it all. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind actually. I remember there's there's certainly in Sittingbourne there, there were always a few houses that were worth going and looking at. Um, not my sort of thing because I haven't really got the patience to set anything up like this. And the elves have, are on strike here, so uh, there'll be none of that business. <laughs> going. My concern is the electricity bill at the end of it as well. So uh, the mm. lights go on for a couple of hours outside, not for me. Otherwise, it's people's electricity bill must go through it. But I suppose Christmas is all about not paying. You know, don't have that money, is it? I suppose. But I'll be a bit concerned if the electricity bill went mega high. But a lot of these people do this for charity. So if there is any out there, any recommendations where you should go? Um, for the, but people do like to go big for Christmas, so I'm all excited as well. I suppose it's a good thing for you with the, with this new lights display, you've got the Manson Airport shut and then no planes are actually going to land in your back garden. <laughs> we, it's, we could actually, the projector, if I put it out earlier, it could cover our next door neighbours as well, so I could may actually go and knock on Jean's door and ask her about that. So, oh, Jean, so we could really go big on it. I'll try, I will try and get a picture if I can work out my camera to turn the flash off to, to get the effect, but I, I'm quite impressed and, yeah, I'm quite, and it, it looks cool, so, and, the neighbour down the road, when I told her, because I said this last week, that uh, they'd done it as sort of a um, thing from there, and she was sort of growling in a, in a funny way that we'd got ours, ours up. So uh, they may even go bigger and knock us out of the, uh, the ballpark if they go bigger. I think she might do, but uh, a bit of excitement down our road anyway. And I met somebody who lives down our road that you know, John, as well, this week. Who's that? Sam, who used to run the Ramsgate website. Oh, yeah. He lives down our road. So, And he was at the Christmas... I think I'd text you on Sunday. I was at a school's event on Sunday, watching five hours of kids dancing and singing, which was a long day. But made it. But Megan's team actually won a big trophy of £500. So that was a, a good thing. And I was talking to Sam 
about you, how you know him anyways. It's a small world out there, isn't it? It certainly is. And so, does Megan get the five hundred pounds in the trophy, or does does she have to share it with her pals, or or does the money just well, well, go that to was some? That discussion when when they, when it said that they won five hundred pounds, do they all get a fiver each? So they're quite. A, I think there's no be a tenner each. It's about forty even in the um, thing. But I think it goes to school facilities, so they can all wear hoodies and and blaze in the school. But uh, they did a very good job. So congratulations to that. Yeah, but I thought um, we would getting our money back from paying the entrance for this fee between myself and my mum we went but uh, yeah but it was very very. it was a long afternoon and after we've only seen so many people sing um, from The Greatest Show even though I do think Great Show is a great film it does great so as they were the first act on and there was 58 acts we had to wait all the way to the end to see it so it was and as I said really as they won they rest of them could have gone home before they even done it so first act actually won Wow, fantastic. Um, so I assume we'll be seeing Megan and, and co on Britain's Got Talent next year, yeah? Interestingly, the, there was a judge from The Voice Kids there. So well, there you go. They're a dance act rather than a, a singing and a dance act. They were trying to get, so The Voice Kids, I never really watched The Voice. We thought it, when they said something from The Voice was there, we were looking around for, well, my mum was looking around for Tom Jones. He's a bit of a fan, but uh, it wasn't Tom Jones and he wasn't Will I Am. But they, some of those kids... Could be on The Voice, yes. Wow. I don't think it'll be Megan, though. So, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the showbiz lifestyle I lead, you see. I know. If you're not on the radio, your kids are winning competitions, you're setting up, your elves are setting up the Christmas lights. Oh, Matt yes. Gerard, It's been a busy December already. You live you live the life, my friend. This is why you're telling me that you're living the dream, isn't it? Uh, I, yeah, I, I do live the dream. Uh, and I do say that at work all the time and everybody sort of scoffs. But, yeah, yeah, you, you live in the dream in December. Excellent. Um, well, it's our 61st episode this week, and quite simply, this is my house number now. I, I've never lived at number 61 before, but I have done for two weeks now, so uh, so that's quite nice. And, and we are coming to you earlier than usual. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, we're recording this, Tuesday lunchtime. I'm just so busy with the B&B. There's, oh, oh, actually, no, we're going wine tasting tomorrow lunchtime. So um, I had that book, oh, oh, right. had that booked ages ago. So um, are, you, are you a wine? My wife doesn't drink, so... She drinks, but not wine. So we don't have any wine in the house. So, are you a bit of a connoisseur? Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a connoisseur. I didn't really drink wine at all until uh, I met my lovely partner Haley, who uh, showed me in the ways of uh, of drinking uh, wine. And I started off quite slowly. It's only been the last four or five years, but I'm getting into it now. I've had a couple of nice bottles of red lately. Which I'm not normally a fan of the red, but I've been. I'm getting into it to be honest with you, Matt. I'm 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 quite I'm quite jo- enjoying it. And this thing is just a vineyard tour, a bit of lunch and some wine. Obviously, the vineyard's in sort of in well, it's about half an hour from here, so sort of in the middle of nowhere. So it's not going to be enough wine to even push you anywhere near the drink drive limit. But um, if I was a betting man, which I uh, I am sometimes, I would wager that that vineyard will be making some money out of us tomorrow as we come home with at least two bottles of wine. I expect. Oh, very well, yeah. So it's the old. What's the, is it the spittle? Is that the correct terminology? I might be there. I might just yeah. make that word up. I might be right, yeah. Yeah, I'm oh, yeah, interested. Uh, well, I say I, I don't mind a glass of wine occasionally. Probably more of a white than a red. But Oh, interesting. So, uh, interesting. And it goes. And, and is, our Sussex, is it in the Kent or Sussex area? It's just in Sussex, uh, this vineyard. Oh, right. We've been to a few in this sort of area, um, in, and, in and around here. But, you know, we're, we're just being, we're, we're just making sure that we can tr- give them all a fair shot, which I think is really generous of oh, us. Right. That sounds a very nice thing to do on a, on a Wednesday afternoon as well. So, yeah, I look forward to hearing about that uh, next week. So, yes, but I know yeah, a few people I know used to, there used to be a wine club in Broadstairs that 
guy I used to work with go into it, so I think like that, yeah, but um, yeah, I'm not really a, a wine drinker, but I don't mind dropping again. I look, look forward to hearing all about it next week. Excellent. Yes, yeah, so well, it's definitely be better than chatting to you at one o'clock on a Wednesday night. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, let's. At least I can enjoy my lunch break on Wednesday rather than Tuesday. And TV shows. I watched The Informer uh, over the last week. Very good program on the BBC. I'd recommend that. I think it's on the iPlayer. Um, now um, we're going to go on to the program that uh, was recommended me by Oliver Ash from Maidstone this week. So that's our new program. So I'll give you an update on that. Another uh, um, subtitle program. On a par with the bridge, he said. So I'll give you an update next week. But if you want to watch a programme, really enjoyed the Informer. Well, I'm in the middle of watching Dark Heart at the moment, which is on ITV, and that's quite good as well, just so you know. Um, it was the FA Cup and Vars this weekend. Uh, while Maidstone bowed out of the FA Cup, three Kent teams are still on the road to Wembley in the FA Vars. Canterbury City needed extra time again before seeing off Southall 1-0. While Beers had continued their run with a win over Staining Town, seeing an 89th-minute equaliser before winning 3-2 after extra time. Cray Valley PM were 4-0 winners over Sheppard United in the Scaffold Derby. And, whisper it quietly, but a few people are saying they quite fancy the Millers to go all the way in the Vars. There's home ties for all three in the next round as well. The brilliantly named Baffins Milton Rovers for Cray Valley. Beersted will host Abbey Rangers and Canterbury will play either Holdridge Sports or Newport Pagnell Town, who I assume are the works team of a service station, Matt. Would that be fair? <laughs> Newport, where, where is that on the M? Uh, Northamptonshire, isn't it? Yeah, M1. M1, yeah, Newport Bank. Yeah, that's, that is famous for Mac. And who's the one, the Craig Valley got? Baffins Milton Rovers. Uh, have you looked that up? You must have done. Of course I have. Any where guesses? Essex. No, it's in Portsmouth. Uh, oh, right. Baffins Milton. Um, and right. Abbey oh, Rangers. Oh, there's new Milton down there, isn't there? Sorry? Ashley. Is a new Milton Rounds that way? No, that's further down the coast. Yeah. Um, oh, well, right. yeah. Do you know what league they're in? So, Cray at home? They're in the Wessex Lindsay League, uh, Athens Milton. So, I would, I would, I would expect Cray. In fact, you know what? I think all three of those teams have, have got a good chance, especially all getting home ties as well. Abbey Rangers um, will be, you know, a, an interesting one for Beersted, but I think Canterbury will be confident having won those last two games very well in extra time and. You know, they're, they're really finding their stride. And I think, you know, we're almost at the stage with Canterbury now where the league's going all right for them, but they might be able to look at the Vars and think, let's have a real go at this one. Is it last 32 of this, is it? Yeah. So, um, I think uh, an interesting uh, thing there. All good to see all at home on Canterbury back. Faversham. Yeah, well, Timmy Dixon would love that. We all know Timmy Dixon pretty worse. I saw the goal on Twitter, I think, uh, on Saturday. Was, and the celebrations after that were really plain to see. So, Canterbury and Cray Valley um, and Beerstead. Again, we saw side Kent side at Wembley last year. And you say people thinking that Cray have got a chance then? I think, I think they probably have. They've got plenty of uh, firepower, haven't they? Which is what you always need. And I think a lot of teams wanted to avoid them. Those ties, incidentally, will be played on the same day as the FA Cup third round, uh, which is Saturday the 5th of January. Although I think the Canterbury game will be on the Sunday due to Faversham already being at home. Um, the other Why thing- do they saw that? They surely give them a bit of opportunity. Now, the Vars to have a little bit of credibility rather than the FA Cup. I know that's a lot smaller competition, but it seems a bit harsh. But, every, you know, the FA will be all over the FA Cup and the FA Vars will probably just get a little byline on their website. Well, exactly. I mean, uh, uh, they do do a bit about it, but it doesn't get any mainstream media, even at the final stage, really. I mean, yeah, it was on, it's on the TV, but that's about as far as it goes. But 
you know, the, the, I, I think it is a competition for locals, isn't it? It's a competition where people are only interested if their local team's doing well. I mean, let's be brutally honest. There's there's other ties in, the, in this competition, and I don't really care about any of them. The only three that are of any interest to me are the three that we've already discussed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think you're spot on from that point of view, but give it a little bit more credit. You know, give them a bit more money from that. Yeah. But I think... Um, yeah, the FA could work it a little bit, of course. Cash sales of the FA Cup, not the FA Cup, well, one Kent side left in it, but no non-league opposition now, and the FA Cup doesn't really start now again until uh, August for me. No, exactly. Um, the other Kent side in Vars Action on Saturday were Irith Town, and for the second season running, they were knocked out of the competition by Windsor. I got up with manager Adam Woodward, who told me not only about that game, but also a very special event that the club are holding on Saturday. We started off by talking about the Vars. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was very, um, it was very disappointing. Um, it was undone by two bits of quality on the day, if I'm honest. Um, the boys gave their all until the end, but it was them two bits of quality that undone us, really. Um, I suppose it's just disappointing to face the same team as well two years running, isn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. And to be honest, they, um, we done our research on them and we identified their weaknesses and if you were to go on chances in the game, we probably had the more chances, but they took theirs, and that's all that counts, really. Um, you're back in the league on Saturday, but um, I mean, the reason that we're chatting to you is not about what's on the pitch, but off the pitch, and what you're doing, um, giving free tickets to people who give donations to the food bank. Yeah, it's uh, something for the uh, local community that we're doing Saturday. Like I said, since we've uh, moved back to the leisure centre, we're um, trying to do as much as we can for the community, and Mark's come up with this idea with the food bank idea, and like I said, it's free entry for people that bring food for the food bank. And at this time of year, the food bank is, it seems to be more in the press. And, and I suppose it's a its a genuine sort of indictment on society that we need these food banks. But it is a vital thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is definitely. It's, um, it's not a massive affluent area here, if so. I'm sure that us doing this for the community is going to help massively. And hopefully the uh, local community and other people in the area, ground hoppers and non-league people try and come down and support the day. What sort of crowds are you getting at the moment? Are, 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 you pick, are they picking up now you're back in Irith? Uh, yeah, we're getting around about, averaging around about 60, 70, which, is, uh, which isn't bad for our league. It would always be nice to get a few more people through the door, but I don't think, um, I say, I'm not too sure many people know that we're playing at Irith now and the new ground for everyone. And once they realise that we're there, we might get a few more through the door. And obviously it's Punjab on Saturday. They're, they're having an up-and-down season since their return uh, or since their promotion to, to the scaffold. And, and, but a game that you know will be a tough one. Yeah, definitely. It'll be, certainly be tough and we'll have to be at our best to beat them. Uh, they've made a few signings in uh, Lauren Hamichi, who signed from uh, Glebe. So we need to make sure that we're um, on our game Saturday to get anything out of it. But it'll be good. Uh, we have the three boys who are cup-tied for the Vars back. So that has strengthened us massively. And hopefully I could get one more in before Saturday and we can go from there. And just finally on the Vars, there's a few people saying that a Kent Cub could possibly go all the way. There's there's three left. Do you think there's a chance? Yeah, definitely. There's no, uh, there's no reason why not. Um, the, the teams that are left in are flying, uh, uh, flying the flag for the uh, league and... Uh, we were meant to be playing Beersted tonight. It's been called off. Um, but obviously, they're still in it. Um, obviously, Cray Valley are still there as well and Canterbury. And like I said, there's um, there's a chance, especially with uh, them teams. We've come up against all three and they're all very, very good sides. And um, But 
hopefully one of them can fly the flag for us and get to the final. See, he thinks that uh, someone could go all the way, Matt, as well. But the, the main thing in there and the main reason why I spoke to Adam was um, the, the brilliant initiative that Irith Town have got on Saturday, whereby if you turn up with something for the local food bank, you get in for free. And, and that's a great gesture and, and really bringing the, the local community together. I think it's absolutely fantastic. You know, something like that will go under the radar a bit. Um, from that, and it's good that we're giving the, the publicity for that. Irith Town um, uh, doing pretty well. You know, it, you know where they are, and you know, it's probably people need that sort of thing. And, it, and it's good that the football clubs are giving something back to the community as well. So, absolutely fantastic. You like to see more clubs doing it as well if they can. I know. I think Margate have done something similar and some other clubs have done as well, giving stuff back, uh, giving stuff to the community, especially at this time of year. So, fair play, a round of applause for all Eric for that. Yeah, and it should be an interesting game as well against Punjab as well, for friends of the show. But, um, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah, good. The, the, a good th- day, yeah. the thing about the food bank as well is, you know, as I said in that interview to Adam there, you know, is it whatever it says about society that these food banks are needed at the moment? It is important that, that people are thinking about these things, especially at Christmas. I mean, me and myself, I went shopping on Saturday and they had a special day in our local supermarket where they were asking for donations and they were matching everything. So if you gave a fiver's worth, they'd give a fiver's worth as well. And, you know, it is really important. And at this time of year, we have got to think about people who are struggling to, to, to get by. And the fact that Town is sticking themselves out there and saying, you know, we want our supporters to, we're happy to forgive our gate receipts because we want our supporters to support the food bank. That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, I know it's, you know, this is going off a bit of patter here, but, you know, where I live in Broadstairs, you, you're seeing more and more homeless people and, and my kids are getting to that age and asking questions about why people, you know, why why is that man living in that doorway, etc., like that. So it's 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 getting more and more prevalent and, and little things like this from there really do make a... Uh, make a difference to certain people and I think uh, from, as, it's, as the kids asking questions I think it's, I'll probably even do something as well in the local supermarket give something back to people from that point of view because you know it's, it's a it's a lovely time of the year if you've got that but if you've got issues and difficulties it, it can be a little bit harrowing particularly as the winter months go on so you know so fair play to that and hopefully other clubs in our area or across the country will follow suit here because it's a fantastic uh, initiative by everyone it really is, and, and well done to everyone at Irith, who are a, a really nice club as well, and, and definite friends of the show, and, and thanks to Adam for, for his time, and thanks to the chairman, Mark, for tipping us off about that story well in advance. Um, elsewhere in the scaffold uh, on Saturday, it was Chatham 3, Corinthian 1, uh, Resurgent Tunbridge Wells won 3-1 at Deal, K-Sports won 3-2 at Glebe, and it was Rustall 2, Hollands and Blair 2, while Lordswood against Fisher was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. Uh, this weekend, it's Cray Valley against Deal, Crowborough against Beckenham, Irith Town against Punjab, as we already know, uh, Fisher against Chatham, Hollands and Blair against Beersted, K-Sports against Rustall, Lordswood host AFC Croydon, Sheppey United are at home to Corinthian and Tunbridge Wells take on Croydon. Um, very quickly... I was, I was trying to go back to that, the, top, the deal Tunbridge Wells uh, score. I got a text from Steve O'Brien I mentioned last week, um, scored a couple of goals and he listened to the pod and thanked for his... Uh, the praise I gave him, but he wasn't too happy. Why? Well, I said he needs to shave his hair after that. Uh, he said, "I said, oh, you know, disappointing result against Tunbridge Wells." And he said, "Well, he thought they were decent. They brought a few new players in, and that was Deal's first. He said first home defeat in nearly just under a year as well. So uh, disappointing result for them. But he said Tunbridge Wells, watch out for them because you know they were struggling for a bit up to fifteenth now, sixteenth now, I should say. But he said they brought some quality in and expects them to raise the table a little bit." Yeah, that, that is noticeable the last couple of weeks that their results have just picked up a little bit. And, and 
it's good for them because Tunbridge Wells, you know, we've said before, they're a good club. They're, they get good support in there and they they deserve to be doing better than they have been in the last few years. Yeah, you know, we always talk about their, their trip at Wembley and it's, you think, you know, it should have been a stepping stone for the Wembley. It hasn't really been, but um, 15 games, 13 points on the board. Yeah, I think they've, they've looked at it, maybe up to a little bit of the budget to move up the table, but, but again, and he said look out for them. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on them and see what uh, how they're getting on. But it's good to see them moving up the table. Uh, in the Scaffold Division 1, four games off there as well at the weekend. So it was just Greenways 1, Irith and Belvedere 6, Kennington 3, Holmesdale 2, Sporting Thamesmead 5, Stansfeld 2. Uh, this weekend's fixtures, Irith and Belvedere at home to Kennington, Holmesdale face Lidtown, Kent Football United host Rochester United, it's Lewis and Borough against FC Elmstead, Meridian against Forest Hill Park, Phoenix Sports Reserves against SC Thamesmead, Stansfeld versus Snodden Town and Wellingtown against Sutton Athletic. Um, we should move on now to the National League. Well, we'll move on to the FA Cup first, where Maidstone were unable to pull off another upset and, and were beaten 2-0 by Oldham Athletic. And now all their attention has to go on the battle for National League survival. And, and Harry Wheeler is continuing to bring in new faces, Matt. Yeah. Um, interesting, they've got to get a new goalkeeper now, haven't they? With uh, Smith going back to Lincoln, recalled this morning. I, I thought we might get the um, who their new goalkeeper will be uh, before we... Um, Stop recording this pod. Yeah, I didn't. I can say you saw them last week, and I've seen them as well. The lack of goals in the side as well, which is a concern, uh, and a disappointing goal they conceded against Oldham. I think Oldham was a difficult tie for them. Um, good, good form. Chris O'Grady's a decent player, a decent goal when he turned the man, put the ball in the back of the net. Interesting. You know, Harry Wheeler when he came in, he brought a load of new players in, didn't they? They stopped for a while. Now they've got the scattergun approach. More players coming in as well. Is it a concern for me? A little bit for Maidstone. They haven't got a solid side unless he wants to move players out. I would be concerned for, for Maidstone at the moment if they can get a get out of the hole. The two games against Dave we mentioned before are absolutely huge for both sides. So, uh, from that point of view, we've got a difficult game against Barrow this week. Barrow, hot and cold, so you don't know what you're going to get from them. But interesting. It's, I think it's a big month for Maidstone. You know, 3,500 um, best attendance at the game. They're going to be pleased about that. But now they're in a league battle, and I think they're in a battle. They need to get a goal scorer from somewhere. All the lone players who couldn't play, or who was cup time, will come back in now. And it'd be interesting to see what he thinks is his best squad. And I'm interested to see who the goalkeeper they get coming in. I presume it will be a lone E. And will it be somebody experienced and over his level? Because Grant Smith is a good signing. How did Grant Smith play when you saw him last week? I thought he, well, he, was, he was solid enough. To, to be honest, it was one of those games he didn't have a lot to do other than pick the ball out of the net. He... He possibly could have done better with one of the goals and, and there was another corner that he came for and didn't get it, but he was solid enough and be, they'll be disappointed that he's gone back. But I kind of feel like going back to what I said last week about Maidstone's um, approach. I do know that Harry Wheeler was very, very, very upset after last Tuesday's performance and did say that some of those players who played in that game have got work to do and did not play well enough for him on that day. Um, but what does kind of concern me is they're going out and signing players that aren't in their priority positions. I said this about Dan Wishart last week. Um, and the guy they brought in from Brentford is a centre-half. The centre-halves isn't where the work needs to be done. It's up front. Uh, I know Wheeler's quite a defensive manager, but you, you, if they draw every well, game... They need a right-back as well, I would have thought, from somewhere. Mm. If they draw every game nil-nil between now and the end of the season, they'll be relegated. Simple as that, isn't it? Uh, yes, yes, you're going to need to win the game. And again, I know it's, they need to find, I know Sean Shields was brought in to find the ammunition for the likes of um, K 
Cassidy and Remain. Remain, I, I like Remain. I think he's a decent player. Um, is he a goal scorer? Uh, the, the, the argument is to say no, but he's a, he's a willing runner. Shields in there, they need to find a striker from somewhere, which, you know, it's harder said than done. But that's my concern. Solid, well, defensively, they were pretty solid until they eight goals in two games um, recently, but scoring goals is going to be a concern because they're going to have to win games at the moment. With Dover, they're heading down and they need to pick results up. Indeed. Um, well, talking of Dover, we'll move on to Dover Athletic now, who were just about survived a pitch inspection to get their game on at Eastleigh on Saturday and came away with a 2-2 draw. Uh, we'll get Matt's opinion on how they managed not to win that game uh, very shortly. But first, here's midfielder and goalscorer Jai Reason. Always good to come and score against your old club, isn't it? No, it is. I spent a lot of time here. Uh, some really good memories. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm a Dover player now when... We wanted to get the three the three points here, and was uh, unlucky at the end not not to get them. Yeah, I said to the manager, there, how have, you, "How have you how have you not won that match?" Don't know. It's been coming, you know. All our performances the last three or four games have been up there. Um, we just need to get the right result, and I think uh, just a lack of concentration at the end there, and uh, we can see. But I think you, you could tell that um, second half we were the more dominant team. They've got a great team down here with a good manager. Um, but like I said, Dover player now and uh, look, look, looking to stay up in this league. Yeah, how difficult. Seeing the goal after 90 seconds, what goes through your, you know, your manager's team talk goes out the window, does it? Yeah, it does a bit. It was sloppy from our behalf. Um, lack of concentration again early on in the game. But I think we uh, reacted brilliantly to the goal. I think it kicked us off again. And a great finish by Hinney as well when it just, just set us up at half-time, coming in a draw at a hard place to come like Eastley and uh, kick on. Talk about your goals, one of these well-worked free-kick rooms and the ball comes to you and it's the first touch does it all, doesn't it? Yeah, no, uh, I think one said it was he set me up, but I think it was a miskick. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, I just got on the turn and saw the keeper coming out. Um, no, but look, it's, it's got us a point. The lads put a great shift in today and... Uh, we have a hard week ahead ahead of us now, training and ready to go for forward. Yeah, you know, seven points out of a possible nine is you know two away games as well. It's a good turnaround. But do you, when you go in the dressing room, does it feel like a loss after that? Yeah, it does a bit. But if someone said to us seven points from what is it three games? Yeah, anyway, Bournemouth's a tough place to come. Yeah, this is a tough place. I think we would have snapped the hands off at it uh, at the beginning of that. So um, look, we're making good strides. Um, Gavis Bourne a uh, couple of players now as well and uh, look I think we're on the up um, and if we keep putting performances like that I, I, I think we'll be okay coming in the season yeah, you, know, you know you're still in the relegation zone other side's losing around it is the confidence that you, you know you're in a false position now you can get out of this hole oh it's a it's a tough one really because you're not in a false position because of what the uh, league don't like but look uh, there's a lot of an improvement um since I first come in here and uh, and we've still got a lot of improving to do um, but look I think um, I think the club's going in the right direction I think uh, the lads are doing well under the gaffer here and I, I, I can only see positive things coming forward now Is that one of the reasons you come to the club was Andy Hessenthaler? Yeah it was obviously uh, I know Ben Sherman's the manager of Eastleigh and he only says good things about him Stuart Lewis also said the same um, no, and I wanted the challenge. I wanted to get back up into this league and uh, and test myself again. And um, Hesse called, and I was ready to go, ready for the war. 
Um, I think anyone who knows me is that I don't hide away from challenges, whether it's at the top of the table or at the bottom of the table. But um, I give a hundred percent, and I'm and I took the challenge on, and, and hopefully, come at the end of the season, it'd be well worth it. I also heard Matt your interview with Andy Hessenthaler, where your first question was. How did you not win that game? So I'm guessing it was worth the trip because you didn't enjoy the journey very much, did you? Um, it was an absolute nightmare of a trip. Uh, I should have been, I left at half ten. And of course the concern was, concern was they said it would be a pitch inspection at 11. Then they moved it to 10. Then it didn't turn up to 11 and various things. So I was going to and fro on the motorway. I was going to get there in terrible conditions. Thankfully, thankfully the game was on, but it did take me about four hours to get there in absolutely terrible conditions. So I was pretty grumpy when I uh, turned up, to be honest. And actually, it's not, not my favourite club, but I have to say. But they were very friendly this time, so I'll take all that back. Yeah, but how we didn't win. Uh, went behind after 90 seconds, but dominated the game from that point, really, and took you know took our chances. Effion played well up front. Um, Jamie Allen, I've been really impressed with him the last few games. I, I like Jamie Allen. He needs a goal, but uh, he ran the um, back line ragged. And when we went in front with Jai Reason there, nice little tidy finish. 2-1 and we continue to knock on the door just couldn't get that third goal and then that's been a problem all season and I saw the um, Maystone v Eastley game and it's a very similar goal uh, the equaliser from Paul McCallum where the cross comes in from the right hand side and McCallum whose movement's good he's a good player to be fair he nodded the ball in the back of the net but it was very disappointing uh, I, you know seven points out of nine for those three games beforehand and taking your arm off but I think right risk the point but the good thing is we perform well against the Eastley side who are mid to top end of the table I would have thought so progress is definitely being made and fair play to Stuart Lewis and Pacente Gomez who were brilliant for Dover mopped everything up in the midfield and you've got willing runners like Alan and Effion who can cause problems so you know two weeks ago if you look back to the pod I was like it was the doom and gloom wouldn't I seven points out of nine I'm pretty happy but hopefully we won't regret dropping two points in that game because we really should have won. We were the better side. You, you obviously regretted dropping two points at EC last season, didn't you? Well, yeah, that's one of the reasons I didn't like it as well. Yeah, they scored late on that. And those two points basically cost over a playoff spot. So, um, uh, from that, and everything could have got all, diff- all sorts of different from them, from where we are now. Yeah, but, yeah, it was a, it was a really good performance. Um, you can see things working. They looked fitter, working um, full-time, and also organised, which is key to this division if you can be organised and know what you're doing you've got a good chance and at the moment um, Andy Hessenthaler you know in the interview that I did for him he's pretty confident they can stay up and I would have thought that the 90 Dover fans who followed that game along with myself and Jason Burns who was the summariser from the media team definitely came out with a lot of positives so you've got to follow that up now because we've got some tough games coming up Well it, it, that was going to be my next question one of those no, tough games Saturday at home to filed um, long way to come on a pos- potentially filthy Saturday um, filed are doing okay, aren't they? And that's going to be a tough game. Yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to work it out. Of all the sides that have been in uh, the National League for more than one season, Dover are the only side they haven't actually beaten is filed. They might have scored one goal and they've been tonked three times against them. And they've got Danny Rowe, who is, for me, the best player in the division, who's got, who likes scoring against Dover as well. It's a tough game, but it's a good benchmark. If three points again, or even a point again, um, it would be very, very pleasing. Maybe it's looking like a two-horse race at the top of the table. So far, we're playing for the playoffs as well. So, yeah, it's a tough game. But if we perform to the abilities we have done in the last three games, I'm sure we, we've got a, a good chance of getting it. And it would be nice to at least take the point off file as well. 
Exactly. Um, Ips for United continued their good form. Michael Cheek on target yet again uh, in their 2 0 win at Aldershot on Saturday. And he, he seems to be forming a good partnership with Danny Kedwell, Matt. It, it looked like at a time like Kedwell may not be at Ebbsfleet long term, but he, he's scoring goals and seems to be linking up well with the young man alongside him. Yeah, Kedwell, um, that's a good result. Gary Hill is a, a good manager. I think it's a good appointment for Ebbsfleet. They have problems with the tax man as well, I see in the last couple of days as well. So there is still some sort of um, stuff going off behind the scenes we maybe don't know too much about. But yeah, Gary Hill gets them organised, gains shipped out a couple more players, doesn't he? So... Um, Interesting to see what he's working with a smaller squad, but Kedwell, Michael Cheek, four goals in three games, I think it is. Good finishes as well. Yeah, good job. I think Gary was the perfect man to, to put out fires from there. And he was saying about, about the playoffs as well for uh, for Ebbsleet and what they're five points behind it. It looks quite tight. Some of the, the top six are moving away with it. There's a long way to go. We're halfway through the season now for the majority of our side. So I think Gary Hill doing a good job. And I think um, interesting to see what he does, who else he brings in now. And for, if he's shipping players out, does he have money to bring other players in? Because that may be a problem with the big squad they have. It's getting shrinker and shrink, smaller and smaller, I should say. Can they um, exploit? Can he exploit the market? But I think he's a good appointment, Gary Hill. He'll make him solid, and he knows his league on the back of his hand. Yeah, exactly. And looking forward to hearing actually on our radio show Monday night what uh, Luke Coulson has made of Gary Hill so far as manager as he joins us on the air on Monday night. Uh, the other game in the National League. Uh, on Saturday involving the Kent side is Gateshead against Bromley. Happy memories for Bromley going back up to Gateshead, the scene of their FA Trophy semi-final win but, last year, but they'd like to get a result up there in the league this time as well, wouldn't they? Yeah, 18th place, 24 points. Um, a bit of, bit of getting inconsistent there. Gateshead are a decent sign in the playoff positions, aren't they? So it's a tough one to go. They might have a bit of uh, trying to get the revenge on Bromley. Um, it's a long way to go. Bromley needs... Need something. They've got to avoid getting sucked into the relegation zone. I thought maybe you're thinking from Hartlepool straight as well. So yeah, still sides in there. They're a bit sucked into the um, relegation battle a little bit, Bromley. But um, I think they should have enough as well. But Neil Smith will be working hard with that. I know he's putting putting a little bit disappointed um, um, about the results of late. In the National League South, Welling went top of the league after beating Hungerford. Uh, they're away to Torquay on Saturday, and Torquay before that um, have got Dartford away tonight. I think Torquay can actually go top if they win that game, uh, such is the unique nature of this league. But they would have, uh, yeah, they would go top, but Welling would have two games in hand on them. And I'd also really like to mention um, the team. Fair play to Gary Johnson, then, at Torquay. Fantastic result. Fantastic. Turn that round. He has. Uh, best defence in the division as well, uh, the Golds, which is very impressive. But. Um, I would also like to mention the team that Welling United have um, deposed at the top of the table, who, uh, Woking, who won away at Swindon uh, in the FA Cup and earned themselves a plum tie in the third round proper at home to Watford. And Matt, I'd imagine you were jumping for joy when that one came out of the hat. Over the moon for Woking. They're such a great club. In the Bostic League, the big story really is uh, was at Margate on, over the weekend where Joe Taylor was allowed to leave the club. Um, the, goal, the top goal scorer had lost his place in the team um, and they offered him the chance to stay and fight for his place um, and he decided that no, he'd rather move on and Cray Wanderers have got themselves a hell of a sign in there, Matt, haven't they? Um, yeah, I'm surprised about that. Um, Joe Taylor, you know, the Margate fan I speak to here at work, rated him. He's a goal scorer. I rate him. He's, he's, he's one of these players that can cause a bit of a menace to defenders as well. So, and, you know, Craven doing very well this season. Um, 
I think, um, yeah, could he play at a high level? I think he probably could play Connie South, to be honest. So I'm um, surprised about that. And I know he's a Ramsgate boss. He's got a bit of a travelling to, to Craig from there. Yep, Margate. Uh, there's still a few issues from there, I think, at the moment, but it was a good result against Potters Bar. I think they'd like to do it in front of their own fans as well because, you know, when you go on after the game, the fans aren't very happy when they lose at home and win away. But um, a win's a win, but it would be interesting to see where they go for them. We'll keep an eye on that, but it's a good signing for um, Joe Taylor. Him and Michael Power up front, that is absolute beasts leading the front line. Well, exactly, and he, he, they've also got some other good players to... to line up with them and, and support them. They've already scored 33 goals in 14 games, Cray Wanderers, so they are going to be an absolute threat. And Joe Taylor is a lad I've known for a few years. Obviously, I saw him score a lot of goals for Margate, uh, for Ramsgate, sorry. Um, then he moved on to uh, to Folks and scored a lot of goals there, earned that move back to Margate. And uh, I was very surprised when I saw that he'd moved on. And um, I really wish Joe well at Cray Wanderers because he's a really, really lovely lad as well. Um, How old is he now? Is he 20? 25, 26, do you mean? Yeah, he's about 25, 26, yeah, something around that. that. Yeah, so he's at his peak, yeah. He'll score, I'm sure, bucket loads at the, um, particularly the way Cray play as well, because they score goals for fun. Uh, he should be he should be uh, receiving many chances, and I'm sure he'll put them away. Yeah, and talking of teams scoring bucket loads, uh, Taylor's former club, Folks and Invicta, uh, were 6-2 winners over Merstham on Saturday. Uh, a hat-trick for Ian Draycott in that game, and... All of our teams in the uh, Bostick League Premier Division actually won on Saturday. Well, a red letter day as Tunbridge Angels, thanks to a last gasp Sunny Miles goal, beat leaders Dorking and they're now just within one point of Wanderers at the top of the table. Fantastic result that for the Angels. Uh, massive. Sunny Miles is, is a character as well. I'm sure the celebrations were pretty good there from that. Yeah, you, you could have been seven points clear off. Was it? Well, we that, you know, away from the top of the table. Absolutely massive one. But we know they're good away from home, haven't they? It's the home form that's been disappointed. They had a bit of a disappointing couple of away results. But uh, that's really good. Steve McKinn's drawn. And I see they signed Michael West as well from Eastbourne. Yeah, Michael West, when he went from Epsleets, I think, to went to Hereford. Was it Hereford, I think, he went to? Or Crew? Went to Crew, didn't he? Didn't really work out for him too much there. Came back and he had a few injury problems, but a very good player. And if you can get him firing, that's a, that's a good signing for Angels because he will score goals uh, from midfield. So, yeah, fantastic. Really pleased for Tumbridge Angels and Steve McKim because they needed that win. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, uh, Margate will be hoping to do it in front of their home fans as they host Wingate and Finchley. Angels are at home to Worthing and Folks and Invicta are on the road as they face Haringey Borough. And Tumbridge Angels are also playing on Tuesday night as they go to Corinthian Casuals. Uh, in the Bostic League South, there was a, there wasn't too many games on Saturday, was there? Because of various uh, various uh, reasons. Um, just going to get the results in front of me now on Saturday in the North. I'll cut this bit out because it's not very good. In the Bostic League South East Division on Saturday, uh, High Town came back from Guernsey with a two 0 win thanks to goals from Zach Anser and Jack Samutis. Herne Bay were beaten at home yet again as they lost three 0 to Three Bridges. Whitswall had a thump in at Horsham, losing 4-0. Uh, great news for Tommy Warlow. It's his first game back in charge of, or in charge of Ashford, uh, ending in a 2-1 win over at Phoenix Sports. It was Ramsgate 1, 7 Oaks 3. And Faversham ha- again had a player sent off, this time Will Godman, as they were beaten... They need a keeper, Godman. Sorry? I think Godman's the keeper, isn't he? He's is the keeper, yeah. Will Godman was sent off. I'm not sure what time of game that was, but the game did end up Whiteleaf 6, Faversham Town 0. So... Not a fine day for them in that league this weekend. It's Ashford against Whiteleaf, Cray against Phoenix Sports, uh, Faversham against Sittingbourne in a big derby game, uh, Hightown at home to Horsham, 
Ramsgate go to three bridges. It's VCD Athletic against Guernsey and another big derby. Why are these big derby games on now? Whitstable against Turn Bay. Why isn't that on a Boxing Day? That's a massive game. Why is that not on Boxing Day, Matt Gerrard? Tell me now. Because uh, they haven't got a clue what they're doing. Again, you again the tendencies aren't particularly good the Saturdays before Christmas anyway because people get dragged to the shops. So, again, they could have really sorted that out. Again... We'll get into the debate soon when we get on to the Christmas show, John, when half the sides are actually playing at Christmas. I know they may have requested that, but I think Margate, if you're a Margate fan, you could go winter training in Dubai, I think, really, because the, the lack of games they've got between Christmas and New Year. But we'll we'll get on that and we'll get on our so-called high horse or high reindeer at Christmas to uh, slate that decision. Yeah, but uh, have some sense, really. The games, in the, if you're going to play your sort of non-local, don't play your local British game on Saturdays in December, really. That's a, make any sense it does not make any sense at all uh, there's one game on Tuesday night in the Bostick South East Division which concerns us which is Hightown against Greenwich Borough John here um, just adding something in here we originally were going to have uh, a third interview for you in this week's podcast just slotted in right here however due to technical problems uh, that has not quite materialised unfortunately so just adding this in on Wednesday afternoon um, I have been to the wine tasting it was very good and as anticipated we did buy wine uh, as as I was expecting um, I will also add quickly that Torquay did win that game at Prince's Park 2-0 against Dartford to go top of the National League South, albeit temporarily, and, the, and Woking, uh, so Woking and Welling do have two games in hand on the goals, who are in red-hot form, so that would be a great game this weekend when uh, they take on Welling. However, um, the reason I'm adding this bit in is because uh, the interview that we thought we were going to have uh, did lead to a little bit of a conversation, and towards the end of that conversation, uh, I'm ashamed to say that my co-host Matthew Gerrard Turned the air blue uh, on the on the Kent Nolly podcast. Um, I was going to have to beep it out, which um, which I was I was quite happy to do. Um, but the reason I've had to leave it is because um, it then led to some uh, some pretty good solid uh, chat, which I did not want to lose from this week's Kent Nolly podcast. So I'm editing the uh, editing this bit in um, so that you so the next bit doesn't just sound like we've jumped from one thing to something completely the other. So just imagine, if you would, that Matt Gerrard has just sworn and that I've rebuked him for it, as, of course, any responsible uh, co-host would. Um, And then he goes on to say this, and I should tell you that if you're of an impressionable age, you may not enjoy this next section. Um, But I had to leave it in because apparently it's true. So um, if you are under the age of about 12, I guess. Um, first of all, well done on making good life choices and listening to the Kent Non-League podcast at such a tender age. Um, but you may want to close your ears just for this little bit. It's Christmas, so apologies. Yes. And I've told kids that it's not Father Christmas doesn't exist out there as well today, haven't I? Well, they, well elves don't insist to put the Christmas decorations up. So you hopefully, about, yeah. Hang on. You say Father Christmas doesn't exist? Uh, 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 well, it does in my mind, but um, certain people don't think he does, so we better move on quickly now. Uh, Matt Gerrard's ruined my Christmas <laughs> this year and, and every other year that, that, that I have left on this planet is spoiled because of Matt Gerrard. Can, can, can we have next week, can we start the best present you had as a kid, as an opener, because I've got yeah. a few. I, mean, I look forward to that. So, and if you, whatever, and anybody out there who's listening, what is your favourite ever Christmas present? It could have been... I don't know, an Amazon Echo you got last year, but what, as a kid, what was your best one? 
I already know mine and I will share that with you next week. Anyway, that is it for this week's Kent Non-League podcast. I'm just off to cancel my trip to Lapland uh, because apparently (laughs) Father Christmas does not exist, so Matt Gerard has told me. Um, Thanks very much to everyone for listening, first and foremost. Um, As always, you can get in touch with us on social media, on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast, on Facebook at Kent Non-League. and thanks to all of the interview subjects, Clive Walker, Jai Reason and Adam Woodward for, chat, for chatting to us on this week's Kent Non-League podcast. We do really appreciate it, as we do everyone listening. Actually, I, I got some listening figures and um, up, up the other week and we're actually quite close to quite a significant milestone in terms of listener numbers. So I'll let you know what that is uh, in, in the weeks to come. But uh, we do appreciate it so much. Every, every person listens and every single bit of interaction that we have on social media. Um, thanks everyone for listening next week and we'll be back with you next week talking about our best Christmas presents apparently. Thanks for listening. I do really believe in Santa Claus, not Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>